0: Welcome to The Fizzle Show. In this episode, we answer five tough listener questions about monetization, monetization, pricing, conversion, and priorities, including one about how to estimate the potential revenue of a business idea. That's a good one. It's great stuff with, of course, the usual banter. Your hosts are, if we were recurring stars of 80s cult comedy hits, Corbett, Would be John Cusack, genuine, sarcastic, yet sincere, and always dreaming about something bigger. Usually starts out a little lost at first, but by the end has it all figured out. Also, introspective, insightful, and pleasingly pasty. Oh, this is a good one. Chase, that's me, would be Jim Varney, a.k.a. Ernest P. Worrell. Shot out of a cannon, universally good-natured, with a heart of gold. Willing to do anything for a laugh and forever linked the catchphrase. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Vern? You remember those? The Ernest Goes to Camp things? More on that at the end of the show. And Caleb would be Anthony Michael Hall, inquisitive, wet behind the ears, but in the end, always proves to us that the geeks will inherit the earth. And of the three C's, the one most likely to successfully use his computer to make a really hot chick. (laughs) I love that so much. That one comes to us from Jules in an iTunes review. (laughs) Awesome fizzleshow.co slash 58 if you want to follow along at home i'll be back after this to fill in any gaps so let's get into it okay so uh i think we're gonna do more question and answer we've got a lot still from people uh and i'm excited about it the spackle we gotta clear it out gotta clear the spackle um if you if you didn't get to our last episode that that one was good I, I liked all the questions that we got to there and it felt like they kind of came together caleb you did a great job calling those together uh, curating even uh so that they're all around they were all around the same topic of of how do i get more traffic and what should i do up front and analytics and these kinds of things that uh they just seemed like there was a there was a, a common theme to them so hopefully we get to do the same kind of thing here you think you're going to be able to do it oh boy howdy we will oh boy howdy well, so uh so tiger what'd you think of that uh, of that uh, of that great gift i got you oh boy dad it was really neat thank you for all the things you do for me you're terrific i love you too and i commit my life to you forever and ever oh boy
1: gosh i, I feel like we didn't really even stop from the last episode it's like we just bled through from what happened last week to this week
0: it's hap- it happens every now and then. How you guys then. feeling today? Uh, you know what? It's been a good day, different than last time we recorded. Uh, where I'm actually, to be honest, my friend's bar is opening up today. And it's just down the street from my house, and I'm all dressed up because I just wanted to celebrate him, and I'm pretty proud. That he's, he's dressed up all that day- You woke up and put on a three-piece suit? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I wish I had a three-piece suit. I don't, unfortunately. I have like five jackets and seven pairs of pants, and none of them match. <laughs> so well, you're in stupid. Portland,
2: so that's kind of how it happens.
0: <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, um, well, and I'm sure that according to our
1: friend, Baron from Effortless Gent, he could hook you up with some colors that work. I mean, you could yeah. go with like a navy blazer and some khaki pants probably. That seems appropriate for summertime.
0: Get the old B from E G treatment. That's what I need. Yep. Um so uh but I did get all dressed up and I'm excited for when you guys come here to to go show you uh uh what's it called? Pretty man's, I think. Does Pretty this man's. person have another bar in Portland or uh not yet. But there's is there this will his be a this is his first. He's uh yeah, and he will be he will be empiring across Portland. Really probably further, yeah. Hmm. Do uh, I know this person? I don't think you've met Sam yet. Okay. No, he's he's a good guy though. Good. He's He's, he's Sam, the, is it the mayor, the mayor of Portland? Uh, he's not not that uh, Sam. the mayor, no. Uh, yeah. And I, I should mention, there's this great book that I read recently, and Sam actually is the one who told me to read it. It's called Setting the Table. It's by a guy named Danny Meyer, who is uh, a restaurateur in New York, kind of... Made made some really fa- fabulous restaurants out there. Really good stuff. He was the one who was pinged to make the restaurants. Uh, there's three of them, I think, in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Really, and that was you know most of the way through his career. Um, after he'd always already created a couple really great concepts in, in restaurants, and so it's just it's actually more of like a, bi- a biography, an autobiography. But he does have some really solid business advice, specifically around. Um, sort of customer service and, this, and the concept of hospitality and how that can in, impact and infiltrate any business out there. So that would be, I, I, that's one of the books I've read recently that I would oh, recommend. You read do, you, do you guys have a, uh, yeah, do you guys have a, a, a book that you read recently that you'd recommend?
1: Caleb, you go first.
2: Um, let me
0: think. I just read Body of Work
2: by Pamela Slim. That was an interesting way to look at all the different things you do in a career and how they can all have a story together. Hmm. Um, but I think the book that I liked the most was Born Standing Up, was a book hmm. that I just read recently. What's that about? Uh, it's about stand-up comedy, basically. Oh, oh,
0: oh that's, that's, uh, Mar- uh, not Martin Short. Uh, God, don't, don't tell me. Don't t- hold on. It, uh, uh, oh, oh, Your reputation's goodness. on the line right now, Chase. Can you see? I'm, I'm playing a banjo. I've got an arrow through my head. Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. An really uh, interesting it's a, story about the, the grind book. of
2: like starting his career and the break. There is one page. Yeah.
0: There is one page of that book that I have torn out, and I have it. I put it up on the wall when I work. Um, and then when you returned I returned it to the library. Get unpacked. Uh, it's it's amazing that amazing story. That like one moment of him and his dad, and his dad's in the hospital bed, and I'll I'll save it for so that you can read it if, if others haven't. But it's a, just a, such a magic little moment about, like, hey, what matters and what doesn't. Um, that's a really good book. I love that. Steve Martin's such a legend. Uh, Corbett, if you read anything, you can also say blog posts, Corbett, <sighs> if Man. you've read any great blo- blog oh, posts God, recently. God, I have not
1: read lately, to be honest. Mm,
0: I believe it. I believe last it. Thing,
1: the last thing I read was a book called Art Slash Work, which is for artists. And... Um, how to build a career out of being a fine artist hmm. some interesting stuff in there
0: yeah I like that because your wife's a fine fine artist so she' you're is. getting
1: you're getting involved she's a fine artist in more than one way
0: oh boy she is one fine artist good God all right Caleb let's get into this how many you got for us today what's what, what's your over under on how many we'll get through uh, I have five okay let's so... try let's actually set our set our watch and warrant by it unless we really get on a go and then I'll, over, I'll I'll use my veto I think powers. we can get through all of them Okay. okay, let's do it. Get, get,
2: get us to the first one. Okay, so we have this first one here from Harry, who actually was at your NMX panel this year. So let's take a listen to that one.
3: Hey, Fizzle folks. My name is Harry Duran, and I currently have a mobile app, Know Your DJ, targeted at electronic music fans. I became aware of the Fizzle crew after attending the How the Podcast Sausages Made session at New Media Expo, which Chase did a great job of emceeing. You might remember that during Q&A, I asked the question about podcast strategy. And so after listening to the first 10 Fizzle Show episodes, I thought I'd follow up here. I currently have a launch page at knowyour.dj. And yes, DJ is actually a country code. Who knew? So my number one goal there is to describe the app and generate downloads. did a bit of blogging at first, but that fell off pretty quickly. I primarily post about DJ-related podcasts and interviews via Facebook and Twitter. I'm also looking to start up the said podcast, interviewing DJs to increase brand awareness. So my question is, from your perspective, just how scattered is my approach? I had to revert to a free app, so the only way to generate income now is through an in-app purchase of 99 cents, which allows you to favorite more than five DJs. Is the website telling the right message? Is it even clear what I'm offering? I think a fresh perspective would really be appreciated. And P.S. Chase, when I get the podcast up and running... I'll let you know when I snag the above and beyond interview. Thanks for the time and keep up the solid podcast, guys.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have to admit I got a little distracted looking up what the .DJ country code (laughs) was. Is it Djibouti?
0: It's (laughs) Djibouti. Oh. Hold the... Phones. Caleb shows up and goes, "Is it Djibouti? Djibouti roll call."
2: You know what the capital of Djibouti is? He,
0: no, I don't know
1: what the capital of Djibouti <laughs> is. Jabuti.
0: It's my booty. No, really. I got to tell Jabuti. you, I've been Jabuti. on a dance floor where you definitely your your Djibouti was definitely my the booty was of the capital. Of f- f- Djibouti. Oh my gosh, Djibouti
1: like, is a very small country in uh, in Eastern Africa near Ethiopia
0: oh my goodness tell me more wikipedia reader caleb goes <laughs> is it Djibouti? <laughs> well what other what other country starts with dj yeah did or even know? has
2: those two letters in
0: it know. Uh, uh, yeah. did you know that uh i think was it is it uh ghana and the ghana are two different countries in africa it's either that or congo and the congo or what? something like that. It's crazy. Wow. I mean, Africa is just craziness,
1: wild. Did you know that the average high, not the record high, but the average high temperature in Djibouti in July is 106 degrees Fahrenheit or 41 degrees Celsius? Oh,
0: man, That'll, that's enough to. That's not enough to sweat your booty off.
1: Wow. So back to back to unbelievable. Back what was this question again? Know your
0: know your <laughs> dot Djibouti. DJ. I do, I do remember Harry, and I was actually on his on his podcast. It was pretty fun. It was fun oh, cool. to be interviewed by. Um, okay, so Caleb, r- remind us what what Harry's asking here. So he's asking
2: about conversions. Basically, how can he get people to like check out the app, or how can he promote the app on his website? And then also, is his website clear?
0: Hmm. So, so when you, you guys go to his
2: website the first time. Is it clear to you what it is?
0: Let me see. What's the What, what is it? It's .dot dj. Uh, know your .dot dj, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, pulling it up. What's clear? Uh, first thing I want is a really big headline that gives me the gist of it. It's yeah. nice that this type is is bigger, but it's still there's a lot. There's a lot there. There's a lot there to read. There's like two paragraphs. Basically. I want the
1: seven, six or seven words that tell me what this yeah. is all about. And and it. I don't yeah. think the definitive mobile app for everything DJ culture. Is really hitting on the benefit. And also, it's a
0: really small subhead, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's you're talking about the thing right underneath the title. You're right. <clears throat> exactly. Um, yeah, and that doesn't tell me what it does. Uh, pfft. So it seems like you're, you're talking to me like you're the creator of the app instead of you're talking to me like I'm the one who matters. You, the, the whole, I'm, I'm basically, I only have a chance to look at this top bit and, and it's all about like, it's currently free, but please provide feedback so we can continue to prove experience. Uh, I don't really care about that. I, you should have already answered my question or answered my problem, solved my problem. You know, so we, the, here's here's what essentially the first sentence of the paragraph is. We love electronic music and have created Know Your DJ as a way for fans to track and stay updated on your favorite DJs. So the, the headline could simply be track and get updates from your favorite DJs. Boom, yeah, right? Yeah, simplify <laughs> it. Right? So big, bold, beautiful, track and get updates from your favorite DJs, okay? And then tell me what, like, tell me what it's like is it you know say is above and beyond playing in on the west coast of the united states this month uh you will know here first right or something like that and so you could book your trips with your friends and to do the things uh are they coming to your town who's coming to your town uh is zed coming to your town track him follow him do something like this right and now there's probably i think there's more that the app does but that is a uh you kind of need to pick that little hook to get me in. Right. And then and the, it might be a different hook, but that's the first one from reading this paragraph, I would do something like that. And what's the, the
1: killer feature here? What's the one thing that matters most to people who would use this? Instead of trying to necessarily be the definitive app for everything DJ culture, what's yeah. the one feature that's going to make me use this thing on a regular basis? And maybe it's, you know, find out, Which DJs are playing here this weekend. Or maybe it's what I was gonna say is or
0: maybe it's know everything about your favorite DJ, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's It's kind of a challenge, but I think, Harry, if you can get to, again, like we said in the last episode, if you can get really close to your audience and what this really is solving for them, are these people already on the email lists of every DJ that they love? Hmm. Are they principally concerned with finding new music, or is that not a problem at all? If it's the opposite, they have way too much new music and they just don't have time to listen to it. Um, What are the problems and the challenges that they're experiencing do they wish they could kind of like send a quick message to a friend within the app that gets them listening to a couple tracks in soundcloud right within the app or uh, like like what's it what does this actually do who are the competitors and how can you kind of learn from what they're doing and maybe there's some things there but but really just getting to the ideal your friends that would actually use this thing and people that might actually already be using it to find out what this app actually does for them. Cause if it's just a replacement for a multi, a bunch of other apps that are a lot bigger and a lot more widely used, those are going to keep getting used probably. I don't know. His question was, how do I, how do I promote the app on the website? Is it clear? And how can I get people to check it out? You can get people to check it out by, by, telling me the story of what this thing does for me
1: yeah but very quickly it's you know you have to you have to hook people with the headline enough that they're willing to read more about it you know because
0: he's got the pictures of the app here and and they look it looks, it looks cool. like a great app yeah it looks cool uh, but i still don't understand what it does uh like what i imagine is, is uh I could picture little clouds that pop up over... Word clouds that pop up over this. Look at this one. You can see a list of the DJs. And look at this. Add them to your uh, follow something something so that you get notifications... Of every one of their shows that will just, that'll play near you within a hundred mile radius or something, right? Yeah. Um, Or, or frame it just in terms of the questions that
1: this app is answering for you. So exactly on one of the pages, say, which DJs are playing in my neighborhood tomorrow? You know, Mm -hmm. or, uh, what's my favorite DJ up to and what tracks have they released recently?
0: Yeah. That's a great exercise, by the way, to, to phrase things in questions like that and, and show the app answering them. Show the, your website, your, uh, your, service your product whatever answering and getting to the getting close to what those questions are and getting to them to the point where the language actually resonates with your audience that's just that that informs everything that you can do on your site and what your product actually becomes so harry hopefully that's helpful man um it does look good the the design for it looks great i certainly do want to be notified when you get to do an interview with above and beyond and i and i i just hope it's not (laughs) pavo that's that's a little inside joke good little, stuff that's a little above and beyond inside joke okay that joke uh, was a little above and beyond me Whoa, Whoa, watch careful. Bomb. careful don't lose your jabuti over it
2: <laughs> stupid
1: <laughs> you took a perfectly good watch bomb and totally added some <laughs> garbage to the end of it
0: <laughs> all right harry hopefully that's helpful man uh let us let us know what would you come across okay caleb what else we got All right. We have a
2: question here from AJ about whether or not he should focus on sales or actually making his product better. Let's take a listen.
4: Hey, guys. um, I would like to get your insights on whether if if things aren't going the way that I want them to go, um, if I should pick up a sales book and get better at, at selling on the phone, or if I should focus on my product and make sure it's something that people actually want. Uh, when things aren't going uh, as planned, I usually those are the two choices that I have. And sometimes I'm confused uh, which one to choose. Um, so, yeah, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about that. Um, thanks.
0: All right, AJ. Thanks for that, man. Um, I like this question a lot, actually, because I feel like I, I've been there and I can hear... Um, I can hear in the question something that I I wouldn't know, have known how to answer until I've been where I am now, where I've seen the multiple stages that our business has gone through. And it's really only been a few so far. We're still such a young company. Um, but also being a part of, of other companies, like when I was at a startup here for three years, we went through so many different phases so quickly. And it makes me think of there are... Should I focus on sales and getting better at that? Uh, first or should I because what, I, what, I, what I'm hearing is which is the right answer and what I'd like to frame it as like is instead which one should you focus on first? like which phase are we actually in? And for me, my personal opinion is uh, I mean it is let's make this product really great and then let's learn how to sell it. Um, but you're gonna have to get into selling probably before you'd like to. For me, Fizzle as a product still wouldn't be ready today if I was trying to make it a really great product. It just wouldn't. I wouldn't have launched it by myself. I just would be like, oh, it's not ready yet. Oh, it's not ready yet. Oh, it's not ready yet. I really want to get too close to my audience. I really want to understand what this is doing. But we forced ourselves to launch really early, get people in, get that feedback, understand what problems this thing's solving, what pain points this is alleviating, what this is actually doing for people. And that made it so much... uh, that that all came finally it's starting to get pushed back into the product to make it better Uh, but we have such a i mean i feel like i'm getting a whirlwind education and realizing there's my a to-do list can in fact be infinite and your time and your resources will always be finite you will never like chances are you'll never have enough time to do all the things that you want so focus becomes such an essential part so you can't do both of these at the same time maybe um so for me, my gut would be, and I think we've, we've done, we're doing this right now. We have, we have two big themes that, that we're going to be doing in our product development. And the first one that came first was let's do, uh, member success. Let's get people excited and getting using the site and being successful on it and making the product really good before we do the next theme, which is, okay, let's, let's ramp up. Let's get more people into this. Let's figure out marketing. Cause we haven't done a lick of that yet or advertising or anything like that. Let's, un, let's, let's optimize for for you know communication getting people into this thing that are going to be long term members. And I think it's important that we did those in that in that order. What do you think, Corbett? This is a
1: tough question to answer, right? I mean, you don't know whether the product you have is good enough or if you need to refine it. And our position, I think, is a little different because we had sales from the beginning, right? I think yeah. what AJ is describing is he probably doesn't have any sales or he's got just a trickle of them. So it seems like he needs more feedback. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes if you're not getting any sales at all, You might need to do some work for free or you might need to, uh, you know, create some sort of a a sale or something just to get some people in the door, even if it's not at the price you want to be charging so that you can get the critical feedback that you need about the product that you have, uh, so that you can put it back out there and improve it. So in the absence of feedback, I think the thing that he needs is feedback instead of just taking a a guess at whether or not he needs to improve the product. Because if he, if he focuses on improving the product, how is he going to know when he's done? You know, um, he could focus on getting more people in the door, uh, But that might be time wasted, you know, if he's if because he could spend the next three months trying to get people in the door and still not make any sales. Yeah. So I'd say a combination of, uh, you know, trying to get in front of more people and just setting the price at whatever he needs to set it in order to get enough feedback from people, including maybe doing some free work for people.
2: Do you recommend doing the kind of thing we're doing where it's like take a month, focus on. Making the product better than take another month, and focus on sales, and take another month and go back.
0: I would, forth. I would say, what's good about that, whether it's a month or three months or two yeah. weeks, uh, just having a time, uh, like setting it's like the Pomodoro technique where you do anything for twenty minutes. Or like right? the you just have CEO
2: a, worker bee thing. It's like you exactly. put on the you put on the sales hat and then put on the improvement of
0: the product hat and go back. Totally, and forth. because you will get bogged down in either one of them. You will total like when you're writing a blog post and you want to do some research beforehand, you'll spend 3 weeks researching and before you're actually happy with that you've that you've like done enough research. Mm-hmm. For at least I will, you know. So I have to set that like listen, you get an hour and a half to do some research because that's when we're going to lunch and then we're done. No more research. Even if there's, even if you're on an awesome thread, which you, chances are you will be, you'll be like, "Hold on, I just discovered something that makes me want to go." Oh my god! Oh my god! Look who killed Kennedy! <laughs> you find things out, um, but setting that setting that <laughs> deadline is so helpful. That was an awesome tangent about
1: going on a tangent. <laughs>
0: ah oh, that's terrific she does terrific so I, I know I think that actually is a really good uh, little takeaway that from this though just okay so you have to do one before the other you're a smart guy you know which one probably you'd rather do next or which one you feel is right your heart might want to go somewhere and you might know yourself en- enough to know like hey that actually is me just trying to do what I want to do instead of what's right so then do the right thing for 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 a certain amount of time, three weeks. Give yourself three weeks. Take four days off, and then do three weeks on the other one. Like uh, in a spike p- Lee kind of way, or uh, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. Like, how do you mean? Do the right thing. Yeah, I do remember that movie. Which, by the way, have you seen Her? Uh, it's spike Jones. Though. Uh, I know it's Spike Jones. What but you, it made me think. Oh, when I heard oh, the spike. movie
1: Her. I thought you meant the woman from Do the Right Thing. I'm like, who was in that movie?
0: Yeah, no, no, uh, no. The movie. The Her.
1: movie Her. Yes, that was that was a uh, that. Was that solid.
0: That movie me up for a long time, like well, at least for an hour. Um, I I I like had to rethink everything I had thought about humans and about what a relationship is and about everything. It was I just felt like it was so phenomenally written. It was an awesome movie. So many one lines in there that I feel like where I was just like, oh, totally. That is a great way of putting it. <laughs> and plus, Jesus. you're
1: practically dating your computer
0: anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, hopefully that answers your question AJ um, I do think that that you're probably like all of us we're smart enough to know probably uh, and actually when you when you put a, a time delimiter on these things it doesn't really matter all that much which one you do first right because you know you're gonna get them both done within two months that's all your that's all you're spending either way um, so but you're right, Corbett, in that like we don't know anything about where his product is and what's going on, and if he knows if it's good or not, and and so there there could be really early stage research that needs to be done. There could be you know no totally it's done. Let's just let's, it's a minimum viable product. Let's get people into it. Let's get the feedback that you absolutely need the critical stuff. So uh, AJ, hopefully that answers your question, man. I asked, uh, and then he didn't. He didn't get back to me. So I guess I guess we'll have to take it as it is. Do you feel my brain sort of falling off right now? Are you doing okay? I'm sucking it back up. All right, all right. Do you? Feel, I mean, anything, anything else to add to, for uh, AJ here? No, I
2: think we summed it up. I think that you focus on one at a time, but do them both on a recurring basis. Okay, got it. Perfect, perfect. All right, what else we got, Caleb? All right, we have a question here from John Corcoran. Oh. John Corcoran. <laughs> About pricing and payment plans and stuff like that. We've had some experience with this in the past, so let's take a listen.
5: Hey guys, John Corkin here, long-time fizzler, first-time caller, and I'm developing a course on how to connect with influencers and VIPs and build honest relationships with uh, top performers. And I've gotten some great feedback from people in the fizzle forums, but I wanted to ask you guys this question. So it's a question about pricing. I'm still figuring out what to price it, and I'd like to give a payment plan. And I've noticed that some people selling courses online um, in the $497 to $1,000 and up um, area will give payment plans. But my question is, what if you have a course that lasts, let's say, a month or two months or something like that, and then you have a payment plan that goes six months or 12 months? I'm sure there are going to be some people who skip out on payment. I'm less concerned about that. I'm more concerned about people you know, 10 months later not realizing the value that they got or forgetting it and then being upset at that point and, and um, you know, being upset that their credit card's being charged, even though they obviously signed up for it. So that's my question. Thank you so much for Fizzle. It's been amazing. Um, I started with fewer than 200 subscribers, and I have around 3,000 now and have had some amazing opportunities thanks to the great community. So keep up the good work.
0: Well, oh, awesome. Thanks, John. Uh, okay, oh. so it sounds like, sounds like what he's saying is uh, is – I have a, a thing that I'm putting out for sale. It's going to be a little bit of a higher price item. I'd like to offer a payment plan so people can pay in installments. Uh, and his challenge, his his worry is, uh, is retur- our returns going to be a problem over the long haul? Are people going to be upset when they like sign up for this? St- how how many months did he say for the payment plan? So no, you you said, should I use six months when the course is only a few months? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, imagine you buy something on a plan and you're paying a hundred dollars a month and then you use it for the first month and then you keep getting charged a hundred dollars every month after you stopped using it. Mm -hmm. Um, you could, he's wondering honestly if, if that's going to be a problem or not. Um, and I, I don't know, I've never bought anything that way. Uh, I bought a house that way. Uh, and no, but and you just put paying a, and you just keep living in it? yeah exactly no no I have to no I have to keep paying they oh, know. Like, yeah so I keep paying there's got to be uh, a way to not do that and then I stay in there though that's that's the thing what I mean is like it, it's not a product that I like log into every now and again yeah um, there's a there's a critical difference there um, the obviously that was <laughs> the, the joke that was the joke Corbett <laughs> the uh I think, I think there's a
1: simple answer here I don't think we need to like beat this one to death let's do it don't do it like don't charge someone for a payment plan when the payment plan extends the lifetime value of the product. Hmm. You know, like you're happy to pay for a house for thirty years because it's gonna be useful to you for longer than that. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't I don't see how it makes sense to charge somebody for something that they're no longer using um for
0: many months afterwards. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd think uh, i agree, i do a payment plan uh, maybe that, that fits with the time of use that your product, goes. I mean if it's a six week thing Yeah, you could i do have... a two month payment plan or something, yeah. but not a year
1: I mean I guess in a way college is the kind of thing that you pay for long afterwards but um, you should be getting a lot of value out of college and it's yeah. harder to forget about the four
0: years that you spent at BF, university, whatever yeah it's interesting and i i don't know if if it'll actually be that much of a problem but it just feels like uh like like what would what, what what would our uh, what would our grandparents do <laughs> in the in like the world war ii generation like where it was like you would you would actually straighten your your shirt and your belt before you like left the house you probably made the bed and and you were just like one of those regular like i don't know about you but i still straighten my belt before i leave the house yeah well that seems like a, Whatever a character flaw it's so <laughs> vintage of you but like what 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 would you what, how would you want to buy something like this you know, I think you'd probably be able to answer your own question, probably John. It is a hard question because what you're doing is you're looking at here's what other people are doing. I think I'd like to offer that. Um, maybe in- instead you you don't do any payment plan at all or just in two two payments, just a two month thing. Um, it's a tough question and, and, but I mean you could also do it and just see what happens. but I would only do that with a small uh, subset of your audience because I, I think that you're right in assuming that this could be par- problematic. So that's all I got for John. Anything else, guys? Nailed it. Wow. Couldn't tell if that was a pause block or a... a Scrambling for something funny? (laughs) Something. Uh, Okay, Caleb, what else we got?
2: Okay, we have one from Brooke here about whether or not she should charge for forums that she's going to
4: make. Hey, guys. It's Brooke McGallery from um, Fizzle and SlowYourHome.com. I write about slow and simple living and I've recently discovered that my audience loves interaction and community based um, you know chat and forums and things like that Uh, and about four months ago I opened um, a Facebook group to talk about a specific challenge that I'm running on the blog and I didn't really expect much to come of it but I've had over 700 people join Uh, they're very engaged really positive community minded people just you know the exact sort of people that I want um, I want to help and serve and daily I get emails from them thanking me for the group and for the help so I think I'm on the right track but I'm at a point now where I really want to I want to do two things I want to offer them more value and help people because they're really you know they're hurting they need um, they need someone to help them slow down and simplify. Um, but I also, at the same time, want to launch my business and, you know, start making some decent income. My audience really clearly loves the community aspect. So what I want to do is, is launch a community site for people who need encouragement and support in simplifying. And that site would include forums, uh, Q&A calls, monthly interviews with experts, and also some courses, um, video courses and um, guidebook courses the question is should i have the forums included as part of the paid membership uh, which would maximize the value for for paying members or should i have the forums open to non-paying members too everyone will have to join but um, have the forums open to non-paying members which would increase the numbers and increase interaction on the forums i'm guessing Um, so I'm really torn between adding value to paying members and adding volume. And I would love your insight. Um, yeah, so that's it. Thank you very much. Um, and keep up the fabulous work.
0: Bye. Okay, Brooke, thanks for the question. I love our Aussie listeners. There's weirdly, there's a lot of fizzlers in, in Australia. There are. Down it and seems up. like there's like a full-on like entrepreneurial sort of boom down there. Uh, I thought you said ganjapreneur. <laughs> that's colorado yeah yeah it is wow (laughs) is that your Djibouti talking to you again god i don't know i gotta figure out a way to work that in i keep trying um (laughs) you keep ruining the watch box (laughs) gosh darn it i am so sorry caleb so here's here's brooke's question uh i have a great community i'm ready to 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 start paying to get get them to start paying for things, I want to do a uh, like a, a pro community where they can pay for access to you know Q and A calls every month, interviews with experts, and a forum. But here's my question: Should the forum be part of? the actual pay for thing or should it be uh for free and then mm. only the other things are part of the uh, and there's like you know for there's like product packages to, to buy essentially um so and i like the way she put that she says is it should i add value or add volume mm. um and because uh, you can the other way to put it is quality over quantity right you can get a lot of people into the forums but is the quality going to go down um I think what I hear in her is a worry that if she charges for the forums, she's not going to get enough people in there to make it valuable enough of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? But she did say how much success she's having with a community group in Facebook, having a lot of people sign up. And, and I don't know if you've been in a part of one of those big groups in Facebook, but it can it just gets out of hand real but fast. But it's
1: but it's free, right?
0: It's free. So the question is, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? I think what it, what it sounds like, it was a great question. So it sounds like, a, and she didn't mention this explicitly. So let's just assume that she would not do the Facebook group, uh, like professionally anymore. It would just be, all these, these questions would be happening in the forum. So here's one way to look at it. And you guys are smarter at this stuff than me. But okay, if we had a spreadsheet again, Chase is out of his element here. Can I just, can we just put the alarm out there that Chase is swimming in deeper water than he should be? But we, we're talking about spreadsheets. If you had a spreadsheet and you could put together some sort of thing that said, okay, imagine if you had seven, uh, Seven hundred people signing up at a cheaper price versus a hundred people signing up at a more expensive price um, who makes more in which scenario makes more money right you could you could actually Tweak the price such that you're you're making more money by letting more people get in at a cheaper price or letting less people get in. And it depends on what your values and your goals are with this community. Um, because forums are kind of a different breed, trying to get people to interact with one another. Sounds like it's already working on Facebook. It could probably work, work even better in your own forum when you can organize conversations, people are replying, people are following threads individually, and all this kind of stuff that that we've... I have learned a lot about forums in the last two years through, the, through our own stuff. But um, my first gut reaction, and I, I, I think, let me phrase it this way, Brooke. I, if I was doing this, so say for Father Apprentice, if I was doing this, I would make the forums a, a paid-for thing because I would want to have an excuse to curate those and to make them as valuable as possible. And uh, I know I know some people who run big forums, and they just monetize it through advertisements and affiliate stuff, and it's just sort of spammy. It just feels spammy if it doesn't feel as uh, it doesn't feel that good. Um, so maybe there's a way for you to bring down the cost of thing of the thing to get more people into it. If you're really worried about that engagement and that can always be a time sensitive offer and say, you know, for the, for, for right now, it's at this price. We know we're going to raise it up to this price uh, as, as soon as the community gets going, but you will be grandfathered in at the current price. Um, that's also a nice little incentive to get in now, but I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you guys hearing? Well, I think you can do free forums without ads too. I mean, look at
2: Steve Cam and his successful forums over at Nerd Fitness and how popular those are. I mean, I know his audience is nerds yeah. and nerds are used to using forums a little bit more than regular people are. Um, yeah. And maybe her audience won't even go off of Facebook, possibly to be on a mm. forum, especially right. if it's paid. So, yeah, yeah. And, and another thing is if she's already created this group for free and now she wants to charge for it, that she might get some, you know, yeah blow back on that um and then it's like what's what's your goal of these forums is it for people that are more committed and are paying you and stuff are like having conversations about the courses and stuff that you're making like they we have inside a fizzle or is it like a just a way to build your brand equity a little bit more just like doing the surveys that you were talking about in the previous episode corbett so you have to yeah. think about what your goals are for this thing if people are even going to use it if a good it, point yeah. they pay for it uh, and the yeah.
0: point I hear you making is is almost like: Are you going to be someone who makes products for these people, or are you going to be someone who curates a community of these people? Because mm-hmm. you can be both, but if you're making high quality products for them, then the then the community it makes sense could be free because that's your free advertising essentially. That's mm-hmm. your free audience growing. Um, so that does make a lot of sense when you put it that way, Caleb.
1: Yeah, tough. It's a tough question. It's it r- it's impossible to know either way. I mean, I would I would try to talk to people who run forums that are either public or private and see what their experience is with both of those. I mean, the I guess the data points that we have are, you know, we're friends with Steve Cam. He runs a forum that's done a tremendous amount for his business. I mean, his site, I believe, gets over a million unique visitors a month, and largely that's because of the forums. And then obviously a lot of those people end up being buyers of his product. Um, On the other hand, us, you know, with Fizzle, the only forum that we run is uh, private for our members. And that's a, to to me, that's a higher quality proposition because the people who, who are in there are committed, they're dedicated there aren't any trolls in there, you know, making you know rude comments about things, um, because it's a family yeah. of sorts in there, and so I think it's a higher quality conversation than you get
0: with a public yeah. forum. That, that was my kind of initial concern is thinking about if we can keep the quality of conversation up there, uh, and that, that's that's what I meant mostly when I was get into the spammy because forums can can also pro- lead to pretty good search engine results. You know, but then, I mean, I just, it's the worst. I'd rather land on Yahoo Answers than a forum to when I'm answering some question about, like, why is my server broken? (laughs) You know what I mean? Apparently, you don't.
2: I know what you mean. I don't know about Yahoo
0: Answers. You've never landed on Yahoo Answers?
2: Yeah. I I have,
0: but I... Go back <laughs> for <laughs> another result to click on. It's true. It's totally true. Um, so, Brooke, what, what you're hearing from us is that's very difficult. It's hard to know, and you actually can't know the right answer. The, let your sort of conscience guide you here. What kind of a crew do you want to make? What kind of goals do you have with your business? If you're going to make principally products to sell to them, maybe the uh, the... Controlling the, or creating the forums is a cost of doing business, so to speak. And this is like, uh, you growing your audience. And for that reason, let's, let's keep it open. But maybe if what you're going to do is be like sort of a professional coach to a wide group of people, then let's filter that group of people down to the highest quality ones that you could potentially be talking to. That, that enables you to spend a lot of time in there. Um, it totally depends on the kind of, kind of product you want to make there, I guess. And I think that's all we have for Brooke, right? Yep, oh, Brooke. Thanks for the question. Uh, okay, Caleb, what else we got? I think we've just got one more, right? Yeah, one more
2: in this category of questions. Wow, so,
0: we are really doing a great job. We are kicking ass and taking names. Oh, God. What name did you get? Brooke. <laughs> you got Brooke. Yeah. It's funny. I got Harry. I got cor- it's cor- Corcoran. It's <laughs> Corcoran. Friend Corcoran. Corcoran. cor-coran. <laughs>
2: okay. I have our last question here from Jeff. Jeff says. Hey guys, I just discovered your show through Pat Flynn. I really enjoy the upbeat feel of the show. It's really fun to listen to. Da, da, da. Anyway, I've wanted to ask you how you would determine how much money an individual or company is making at a niche you want to pursue. In other words, what kind of things can I look at to determine or measure if a niche is lucrative? I've been making electronic music for 10 years and went to school for audio engineering. I feel that I've acquired enough knowledge in this area that I can get into creating online tutorials and workshops for aspiring producers and engineers to develop passive income for myself. There are a handful of sites I know of doing this already, and I would like to get an idea of how much money they are making before I dive in. The prices of the courses on their sites range anywhere from $50 to $350. How can I estimate their income? Having a number in mind would do a great deal for helping me pursue this project. I want to create the best source for electronic music production, Education online. Thanks.
3: Hmm.
2: hmm. So, how do you look at someone's website and product and business and figure out how much they're actually making?
0: Well, first of all, let's let's address this uh, assumption here that you're going to make a better product if you know what other people are making. Um. Well, no. I think what he he wants to know is: is it worth his time going into this? Yeah. I think uh, can he
1: earn a living from it?
0: I think. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good qualifier. Better than mine. All right, you win the
2: qualifier round. Start a um, podcast and ask them directly how much money they make.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good, call, uh, or pretend you have a podcast. It's Chase funny has done though. That before. I, yeah, I have on multiple occasions. So uh, I'm trying to think. What I want to make, I'm putting myself in his his shoes. I want to make this. I look at other people. First of all, the fact that there are other people who have gone through all the work and the effort to actually do something uh is a good sign it's Mm -hmm. always a good sign when there's competition because it means that this market does exist potentially i mean if there could be multiple people out there making products that have never sold anything or who sell you know just enough to pay for beer every month and that that isn't is is not going to pay the bills you know um so first and foremost the the fact that there are competition there is competition out there is a good sign where else would you go corbett there's a lot of variables here, right? So
1: there's you have to wonder how many people are out there looking for um, information on how to become a an electronic music producer or whatever it is that he wants to teach. Uh, how willing are those people to pay? How much can you charge for it, and so on? Um, you know, we we personally know people. We have people in Fizzle who sell courses to teach people how to play instruments that do very well. I know someone who teaches. How to play a particular instrument? Who does six hundred thousand dollars plus per year in sales? Mm-hmm. So and it's all training. It's all you and know, it's all training. training Those are based all video exactly stuff. teaching people courses and putting a lot of the information actually for free on YouTube, and then selling courses to people who want to go further or selling home study plans, things like that. Yeah. Um, but you know that's a that's a popular instrument that you'd find in a rock band, and I don't know how that compares to people that are. Uh, trying to learn how to be an electronic music producer. It seems like that is a growing area. Um, It's becoming more and more popular. There's probably a lot less competition, fewer people who know how to do it. Uh, Those people are technologically savvy to begin with, so maybe they're more likely to buy an online course than somebody who wants to play an old-fashioned instrument. There's a lot of things that are positive there. And then just ask yourself this like, okay, let's say you charge $100 for a course. How much do you need to earn a month to make this worth your while? Mm -hmm. Let's just say $5,000. So that means he'd need to sell about 50 copies of that course per month. And does he think that's realistic? Does he feel like there are, you know, a few thousand people out there um, that would read a blog or listen to a podcast or watch his videos that he could tap into to try to sell? Fifty copies a month, or something like that. It doesn't seem that far fetched to me. It seems realistic.
0: No, it seems very realistic to me. From what I know of, I mean, as a as a a producer as well, and guy been in the recording just i guess as a hobby but like i know what it, i know what i'd like to know i've looked up a lot of videos on youtube trying to figure out okay so what does a sweep filter do and how do i get this sort of thing and all these kinds of things that i'd like to that I, like in making the the fizzle song and all this other stuff like it's really fun for me to do and has been for the last 12 15 years um and i don't know uh, I, 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 so I think you're right. I think there, there is an opportunity here. I think there's stuff already happening. The competition's a good sign. You could maybe look at, um, you know, Caleb, uh, what was that, uh, that site you sent me to that shows, you know, how many shares, uh, any particular page has had? SharedCount.com. So, sharedCount.com will tell you, you know, how many, how many times has their homepage been shared on, t- you know, Google Plus and Facebook and Twitter or whatever the kids are using these days. Um, which, I don't know what you do with that, but at least you could see, hey, look, look, this guy has a lot more shares than the other guy. Those things are all relative. Maybe this is a particular, like, you know, I, I take it that, that women who are researching tummy tucks aren't exactly sharing those posts in their Facebook feed. They're not like real proud to talk about the fact that they're going in to do some sort of plastic surgery like this, but there's a lot of people searching for that. I don't know if learning electronic music is the same way. Uh, maybe there's a lot of kids out there looking for it, but they're they're not followed by a lot of other kids who are looking for it, so they don't end up sharing a lot about it. Um, so the shares might be completely worthless, but it's something that gets you a sense maybe of like the audience and the kinds of people, like if they're blogging, what kinds of things are getting the result. Cause you're going to find that the hardest thing is not being a great teacher. The hardest thing is going to be getting an audience, growing an audience around this thing, getting them to trust you enough to pay a dollar for a thing that you've made because they believe you when you say this will do what, what you want it to Um Maybe an option is if you, if you've been in the recording industry for a while, if you have a day job as, as a producer or as some sort of an engineer, then, what what's it like to spend a month to make something that costs twenty dollars to see what it's like to sell that using Gumroad or something like that? Right, you can totally have a five uh, five video series or some sort of you know real limited thing that's on a very particular thing that might have a lot of search stuff that might you might look at a keyword search thing and say, oh, look, a lot of people are searching for uh, how to, how to X, Y, and Z." just a very particular thing not how to electronic music produce it's how how to sweep filter or something like that you could totally make a short and sweet thing see what it's like to sell one of these things and that's absolutely if i were doing this that's what i would be doing to to break the seal make the first thing and see what it's like to actually sell it because that ends up affecting how you build your big thing in the end i think
1: your big thing oh it's a big thing
0: yeah it's I I don't think there's any way to estimate somebody's
1: income I mean if if I were really concerned about it I would try to uh, have a conversation with one of those people and ask them directly
0: you know which isn't unheard of I mean especially if you have a site out there you're already doing things I mean that's how you make friends in some ways or start a
2: mastermind group with some of these people and you know then maybe they'll be a little bit more you know open about some of that stuff and share some of that stuff and help you sure. with your struggles or maybe hire them as a coach and they'll be willing to share some of that stuff. You never know.
0: Yeah. I think there could be quite a bit of competition as well though. You know, they might be like, uh, who are you again? I'm not telling you anything. Um, but you never know till you ask. Right. Right. So, uh, hopefully that answers your question, Jeff. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think the, the, simply the fact that the competition exists is a, is a, is a decent sign. And then how do you test the water? How can you make something that you put out there to see what the results are like? That's a that's a good question to start asking yourself. All right, is that it, guys? That's it. it. Can't believe we did all. We got through all five. I'm really proud of us. Pat on the back. Pat on the burt. <laughs> what? Burt? What? It's getting to that point in the, it's it's point the day thing. where it where it's just like <laughs> it's all just happening. It's all just falling out. It all is falling. It's all it's falling out. I think is what we're realizing. I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I've been Corbett
5: Barr. (laughs) And I've been Caleb Walter.
0: (laughs) How rude of you guys. (laughs) How rude. Unbelievable. You're welcome. That That is just not cool. So there you have it fizzleshow.co slash 58 that's F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 58 is where you can go for show notes including an amazing supercut video of Ernest doing all his Ernest things from Ernest Goes to Camp from the intro you might remember E (laughs) brought back so many memories watching it our thanks to Harry, AJ John, Brooke and Jeff for your questions you can ask your question at fizzleshow.co slash ask seriously tell us about your business uh, ask a specific question we've been there before and we'll do our best to help you out jules wrote our intro today in an itunes review and here's the rest of her comment there given the tall cotton these guys find themselves walking in i figure i owed them an itunes rating and review I started listening to the podcast as a means of learning more tips and tactics for online business, and it's been great for that, both useful and inspiring. But now, I listen as much just for the chance to hang out for an hour with three dudes I like shooting the breeze with, even if they don't let me talk very much. Thanks so much, Jules. Loved that intro. Keep them coming. Uh, And thanks to all of you who have written iTunes reviews. You can add yours and tell your friends, please, be yourself. Find care. Take care, serve hard, and dig in. And I will talk to you next Fizzle Friday.